Today, we have one of these great leaders I can't wait to hear from working in a space that I just love to hear about. He, uh, today, we have Assimilis, Shankar Sumasudaram. That's as, probably close as I can say that well. Uh, hopefully, he'll correct me here, but he's joining us today. He co-founded Assembly in 2017. Shankar is an MBA grad and served as the co-founder of Shakariya. I think I said that right. We'll see you in a moment here, which built front and back end systems for healthcare industry. After serving five years as the director of IoT or Internet of Things at Semantic, he joins us today as the CEO of Assembly. Welcome to our Leader to Leader podcast program, Shankar. Uh, thanks so much, Russ, for the invitation. And thanks so much for everything Chime has done and is doing for the community. Really glad to be here. Well, as we do on all of our podcasts, the first and foremost, we are indefinitely in healthcare and personal health unprecedented times. How are you, your family, and all the great uh, folks at your company doing during these difficult times? Yes, it is. these are strange times, aren't they? Uh, so, I mean, we are doing good. I mean, personally, you know, I'm here in uh, California. Uh, you know, most of the company is here in California, and we are doing fine as well. We have learned to work, uh, you know, with the constraints there is, and continue to work with our customers to deliver uh, the best we can. Um, so we are doing well. Uh, you know, and we are lucky that, you know, things are moving around and, uh, you know, we still have our freedom. So, you know, that's, uh, so we are good. I think all good right now. So that's the good news. Well, excellent. Well, as I mentioned in your introduction, you're the CEO of Assimily. Can you tell us a little bit about the company? It's actually a really exciting space. I'm really looking forward to this time together. Can you tell us a little bit about the company and, and why you started it and what, you know, what you're serving, what area of the market you're serving? Yeah, sounds great. So assembly, uh, as some might know, our focus is really on uh, healthcare, on the topic of medical device and connected device inventory, cybersecurity, and operational management. Uh, we solve for a variety of use cases, whether it is gathering all the inventory of the device, vulnerabilities, how do you prioritize them, how do you mitigate them, uh, tracking if there are any security alerts, looking at asset utilization, uh, looking at any you know, attacks on the healthcare environment, tracking devices, and so on. Uh, you know, I started, I used to run the connected device business at Semantic, as you mentioned. Right. And before that, I, the company was Circria. We were, I've been involved in healthcare for more than 15, 20 years now. And one of the things I found through my experiences in healthcare and at Semantic is most people are treating the medical device as yet another workstation or server. And the way they are approaching the problem is they're just approaching it as yet another endpoint. But medical devices are different, they're unique, and many of the connected devices in the environment are unique. And so I realized we need to take a completely different approach to the problem, which is why we started Assembly. And a simple example is vulnerabilities. You have a vulnerability, you can't just patch it, you can't just go segment every device in the network. So how do you solve the problem? How do you prioritize? How do you mitigate? And so a different approach was needed, bottoms up, and that's why we started Assembly. Well, that's, that's awesome. Matter of fact, interestingly, I had a call just about an hour and a half ago with the CIO of one of the top children's systems in the whole country. And it looks like they're going to bring biomed and clinical engineering over in their team for just this reason, because they want to make sure they have a great universal approach to making sure that everything's treated with the seriousness and the rigor it is. So it brings up a really good question is, how do you all directly support IT strategy and the security of the things you mentioned? 
Oh, that's a great question, right? And this is a very, very important topic right now for most systems. Like you said, right? People are also making organizational changes to solve the problem, uh, to address it correctly. From our side, what we have been doing is really twofold. One is, um, you know, helping the health systems with understanding, you know, what's in their environment, helping them with their cybersecurity, helping them with asset utilization, helping them with device tracking, helping them with vendor management. We're also helping them with procurement risk. So at procurement, how do you assess the risk so that before you bring it, it's secure. And specifically, we see a lot of health systems see this as a risk management problem. Because once you identify the inventory, how do I reduce my risk? But every medical device is vulnerable out there because everything is running an outdated operating system or in, none of them can be patched. So how do you really focus on a critical few devices which are which have the highest impact in the environment, considering everything is at risk. How do you mitigate the vulnerability when you really can't find a patch from the health system and when segmenting every device is not going to work because just segmenting every device is going to cause a network overload. So how do you focus on a critical few? How do you mitigate the risk for those vulnerabilities? Assembly really excels at that. And how do you really show an ROI? And so that's how we have been feeding into the IT strategy, helping them prioritize, helping them identify and helping them manage these devices. And then on the second side, we are also guiding them a little bit on the program. Because a lot of people just look at it and say, oh, you know what, we're just going to buy a solution and then we're going to figure out what to do. But there are certain things you need to do first to stop the bleeding, to really focus on uh, you know, your critical few and really uh, get the problem under control. And then you actually have a second stage approach where you actually do the second level of improvement and then you move to the third level. So we're guiding some of our health systems as well on how do you approach the problem? How do you prioritize? And so it's really both on the solution side uh, across the entire life cycle, right from procurement to decommissioning um, and helping prioritize, helping mitigate, as well as really guiding them on the thinking on how do they approach the problem and how do you really solve the problem rather than just deploying the solution and not doing what to do with it. Well, you probably know as well as anybody, um, you know, with, with what they've done in California and having a little bit more lockdown there than some other places in the country, how hard it is to get face-to-face -face with people. So how have you managed to have these critical conversations with the frontline CISOs and CIOs during this pandemic? That's a great question. And it's definitely a lot more challenging. Um, you know, if I could, if I and my team, we could have these conversations in person, that would be a completely different uh, ballgame. You know, a lot of people in, in our organization, many of them have come from uh, health systems they have worked in healthcare and they're used to in-person interaction. So it's challenging for us and the customer and our partners. So what we have tried to do is obviously do a lot of video. Uh, that's one. Uh, we have a lot of trusted partners who have worked uh, with these health systems for many years. So that brings a level of trust. Uh, the good news is many people in our organization have spent you know, years in healthcare, like my personally, I've spent 15 years in healthcare, the people in my team in assembly have spent anywhere from five, seven years, all the way to 25, 30 years in healthcare. And so, you know, we, because all of us have spent so many years in healthcare, some of us have the credibility, some of us have, you know, um, you know some relationship and that helps smooth things over a little bit because you already know, they have heard you, they have heard you in a webinar. Um, and of course you got to use video. Uh, to open up these conversations. And finally, I think uh, the value you bring is always going to get through, whether it's a video or whether it is uh, in person, right? 
and uh, and i think that's where uh, you know we have been able to get the message across because customers even if they are not in person with us they're able to hear what we say it makes sense to them it's uh, solving the problem they genuinely have it's allowing them to focus their resources and you know we are having a good conversation through that uh, so 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 you helped co-found this company and so um you know first of all why start a new company and lots of people that work in healthcare security that kind of stuff why start a new company and, and kind of tell us about the process of getting a company started like this that's a great question i think um, you know interestingly when i was at semantic i didn't initially intend to start a new company um, when i was at semantic i used to run the connected device business healthcare was one of our focus verticals and semantic is a big cybersecurity company i've been in cybersecurity for a long time and uh, you know my initial intention was to drive this in semantic itself and say you know what we got to take completely new approach to healthcare you can't solve it the same way as traditional it you can't just show the vulnerability to the health system and say go figure it out you can't just say go segment your network it will solve the problem you got to take a different approach you got to prioritize you got to um, find mitigation that is beyond what we uh, do in it you got to help with policy you got to help with procurement and so these ideas were there in semantic as well and uh, i did approach the ceo then to you know, the then ceo of semantic to really get this started but you know because of a variety of factors semantic had just gone through a major acquisition it didn't seem like it would um, just start off right then and there and so i decided to start and uh, assembly because i thought that this was a problem that needed to be solved differently and it was not going to happen and you know i was not going to wait around you know for the problem to be get solved and i did i i took the initiative myself to get going with it and that's how it started and then coming to uh, you know how do you get this off the ground i mean partly because of the experience i have and partly because of the background in healthcare it wasn't a, it wasn't a hard drill i mean it was easy to get going because you know a lot of people in the industry knew me i could reach out call you know confirm that the problem existed uh explain our approach the approach we were going to take validate that uh, and then obviously get get going with uh, you know hiring people and and everything so initially i guess because of my long background in the industry and i had other people with me who had background we were able to get it going and of course it has been a journey since then in you know building launching the solution getting it out so there's obviously all the work you got to do um, but the problem was there i knew we had a different approach to take and we had the ability to validate our approach and that really helped us get going uh, and made the journey uh, you know a, a good journey so far so there there are different types of people right now in healthcare and I, I wouldn't even say people organizations those that seem to be thriving in their cyber strategy mostly larger admittedly uh, maybe a little more resources but some are really starting to get into cybersecurity seriously especially in the space because we both know that the the bad folks in cybersecurity uh, don't take any breaks, even during a pandemic. So, any advice on people approaching, especially the area that you're focusing on with medical equipment, IoT, those type of things, on really even how to get your head around this? It's a great question, right? So, I think this is a discussion. Interestingly, I was having with one uh, CISO just day before yesterday of a health system. and they are just entering into the space um, you know they are a mid to large health system and they just entering into the space and then they they ask me the same question like how do we think about and again they are not yet at looking at solutions or anything they just asking me how do we think about it right 
and I and I would say, you know, at this point, you've got to take a holistic approach. You've got to understand not just a lot of people jump into the space and say, hey, I, I need to understand inventory. Let's just go buy a solution, put it on the network, and that's a solution. While we do provide a solution, I actually tell the CISO or tell the information director or tell the clinical engineering, take a pause and really take a step back and understand what is it that you're trying to achieve, right? What is it that you're trying to achieve? So, you know, if you look at it across the entire life cycle, you got to look at it from the beginning. Okay, you know, at procurement, what is really my process of making sure before I bring it onto the network, how do I validate it? How do I think about cybersecurity? During the entire network in, uh, connected process, like what are the things I want? Like I want to know the inventory. I want to manage the vulnerabilities. I want to manage, uh, you know, the attacks. I want to manage the utilization. After decommissioning, what do I want to do? If there's an incident, what like how do I detect an incident? If there's an incident, how do I respond to it? How do I really do audit of my entire process? How do I manage my vendors and so on? So the, for the people who are really looking to get into this space, my first piece of advice is really take a step back and think holistically and think end to end on what you really want out of this medical device security program. What is it that you want to achieve? How are you going to uh, convince and demonstrate the value? Because every health system is different. Some people talk in terms of, you know, I want to show that having this solution is different from what I, what I already have in my environment. So I want to show this is different and unique. Some health systems say, you know, I already know it's different and unique. I want to show an ROI. How do I show that doing this actually is going to reduce my cost in managing it? For some people, it's beyond that. They already know the ROI. And then their question is, how am I going to make sure I get the resources to manage this? Um, because, you know, I have to take actions on, on some of these things. So every health system is different. So once you understand what is your objective and how you're going to approach it, you got to understand what are your different constraints? What is it? How are you going to show this to the rest of your team, the rest of the organization, whether it's ROI calculation or whether it is resources or whether it is uh, something else? And then once you have that plan, then you actually can go down the path and say, okay, these are potentially the vendors that can meet my criteria. This is the way I can achieve it. These are the steps I can do to get there. And so it's really this planned, staged approach. And you know, yesterday I spoke to a health system and they have done it really beautifully. They have this, and I asked them to share it with me so I can share it with other health systems. And if people are interested, I'm happy to share uh, because they, they are willing to share it. But they have put this beautiful flow chart where they have actually said, what are the different steps that they will have to follow to actually get through this entire program? And what will be a, what would be their initial focus? What would be their stage two? What will be their stage three? And that's how they're going to approach it. And then now they're looking at solutions that will fit these different stages. Uh, and I would say having that methodical, thoughtful approach is important. Otherwise, you could find yourself just swimming in a lot of data without knowing exactly what you want to achieve, right? So you know, I would say that's the way to really approach the problem in my mind. Well, that definitely takes leadership. So let's shift a little bit about you being a leader. And we all know that there is ample opportunity for us to improve in the areas of diversity and inclusion, uh, areas to really attack racial inequities in, in a way that's meaningful. How do you approach this as a leader of a company, a leader in healthcare? You know, what's your personal perspective on how to approach, especially as a company? 
Right. So just to clarify, so when you talk about leadership in this context, you're talking about racial inequality, right? Russ? Yes, yes. So, you know, this is a very sensitive topic, uh, clearly right now. Uh, and it's a hard one, right? I mean, um, people are, uh, you know, people have strong opinions on, on this area. You know, my view is that, um, you know, at least as an organization, um, you know, uh, you know, obviously play a very small role, but at least as an organization, at least here, I think fairness is, is what I think is one antidote to this. Uh, whether with whatever background people come from, uh, whatever skin color they have, you know, whatever nationality they are, I mean, they have come from, many people here are um, migrants, um, you know, so what, whatever be their background. I think if everybody believes that, uh, you know, they are heard fairly and their voice is going to be, uh, you know, heard and, you know, it's going to be a fair process at all points, uh, fair to them in terms of recognition, uh, in terms of what they do, uh, fairness in the way they are held accountable. And, and then also they, we have their back. I mean, if anything goes wrong, I mean, the company will stand by them, uh, not just going to desert them. I think if you have that kind of culture, which is what we have strived to build at Assembly, then people feel safe and comfortable and they feel equal, right? Whatever be your level, whatever be your background, okay, my voice is going to be heard. I'm going to be treated fairly. Uh, everything is going to be fair and our company is going to stand by me. Then they feel comfortable. They stay with you. Uh, and, you know, you are at least able to overcome this from a workforce perspective. But again, this is a far deeper topic. So... Oh, it's yeah. always a little challenging. That's what we are trying to do. Excellent. We have done. So, so being the CEO of a company, a person at the top, there's nobody left, there's nobody right. You're, you're kind of all alone. But the world's constantly changing. The, the, even the role that you're in is constantly changing as your company grows. How do you stay current? How do you grow as a leader? Is, you know, what resources do you tap into to, to continue to be on the top of your game? That's a great question. Uh, so first of all, I would clarify that even though I'm the CEO, I would say we also have a board. We have a board which has like people who are ex-CEOs of companies who have read public companies. We, uh, in our board, we have people who are CISOs of healthcare organizations. We have people like Axel and Steve who are like been in years, 30 years in healthcare. So that one way I can keep myself updated because I'm always learning from these, you know, illuminaries in the cybersecurity world or in the healthcare world, um, because I am talking to these people, right? So, uh, you know, this is a professionally managed company. We have uh, extraordinarily talented sort of people who are guiding us. And that helps me a lot in learning from them uh, and in understanding, you know, what current trends are and, you know, how, what I should think about, whether it's from an organizational perspective, whether it's from an you know, industry perspective, whether it's just from a functional perspective, any area that I want to improve. So that's definitely an area where I, uh, definitely an avenue for me personally, at least in assembly, you know, because of the way the company's built and we have privilege to have such a strong team backing us right at the top as well. But beyond that, right, I mean, um, our team also, I mean, we are always talking to customers. Uh, we are hearing, we are reading new articles. I always make it a point to also talk to our existing team members. I'm not talking to customers all the time. I'm not reading all this. But as I sync up with other members of my team, I'm constantly learning from them, constantly getting updated on what's happening, um, you know, refining my own skills through these discussions and through these things that I am able to read. And that also helps me 
So it's really both from our board and from all the people backing us, as well as from all my team members who are also talking to customers who also are very strong in the industry and all, and all the reading I do outside of all this, um, everything that's been written out there. Yeah, that's some, that's some great wisdom as a leader. Stay, surround yourself with really smart people, but stay grounded and connected. That's just some great philosophy. So what about you as personally? Do you, what's your discipline, your routines? I mean, we, we've heard some really neat things on these podcasts over the last year or so on what your personal disciplines are and, and really your, your routine of how you, you know, kind of run your day. Any great wisdom to share there? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I always look at it in uh, three different ways, right? One, you got to actually handle what I call like um, you know, tactical stuff. Um, one part of it, those are like block, blocking and tackling. You have a problem that's come up that you got to get involved in potentially. You know, there is uh, something that's not working right or something that needs to be improved on urgently. So some part of the day has to be reserved for that. Um, you know, a customer discussion that you got to get on a call because, you know, people want to have you on the call. So that's some part of the day that I think you got to do it. You know, that keeps the wheels. And then now as a company has grown, I have to do lesser and lesser of it. I mean, I join lesser and lesser calls nowadays than I used to before. So that gives me time, a lot more time to do the second thing. Where is the company headed? Who are our key partners working with them? You know, how should we build the future of the company? We are not just looking to do some inventory and anomaly detection in our company. We are really, if you look at how Assembly has grown, we have like more than 10, 12 use cases. We recently saw the entire risk assessment or procurement uh, you know, even before you connect it to the network, we are adding some really phenomenal use cases on you know, some other stuff. So how, where does the company head? How do I provide the best value to the customer? So the strategic thinking, and then obviously thinking about it, reading about it, educating it. And then the third is obviously, you know, keeping yourself updated and abreast because one, you can solve the tactical and strategic, but you also have to keep your knowledge base updated. So you third, third part of the day is really to reserve to, to keep yourself updated. And it's not every day that you can do all three. Some days you're submerged in some tactical stuff. Some days, some days you're spending a lot of time thinking about the future. You're in discussions with a, a strategic partner. And some days you're educating yourself with all the ways I told you. And so that's really the discipline I try to follow in trying to make sure I'm hitting all three through the course of a week, at least, if not in the course of a day. And that way I can make sure I'm taking care of the current, the future, but also making sure I am in a position to be able to handle all of this and I'm not getting outdated in the process. So, so do you have any core philosophies? You know, if I walked around the floor, if I walked in to see some, some of your team, they go, oh, hey, these, these are the things that, that Shankar really prioritizes. This is his philosophies and how, how the company is, is doing what it needs to do. Yeah, so great. I, I mean, so if you ask, like, if you ask one of my employees, right, I mean, what is it, like, if you came, if Shankar came to you, what does he care about? So one is, uh, the three things I potentially care about fundamentally that I, that I drive myself on. So one is empowerment. Every person, whether it's the engineer or whether it's my VPs, I mean, they're empowered and they're expected to take um, decisions and move the wall forward, right? So that's one of my core philosophies, like, Everybody is expected, like I am learning, everybody is expected to learn, attack the problem, solve it, um, you know, and be very customer oriented in their thing. I mean, I, I don't like, you know, every time a customer comes, we got to address it. I don't like us ever waving off any customer or any, you know, uh, thinking from a customer. We have to be very customer oriented and, and we, 
everybody is empowered to take that to do what is right by the customer even if it sometimes it means we have to uh give back even if we have to spend more on our side or we have to do something that is not necessarily profitable for the company it doesn't matter what matters is the customer should be happy and that's a very core philosophy so it employ every person is empowered to do the right thing by the customer so that's one core philosophy everybody knows the other other at the same time you got to be empathetic to people around um you know empathetic to our own people and empathetic to our customers we expect certain things to happen it might not happen the way it is the pandemic is raging so we got to be empathetic to everything and you got to give people some time and space as required uh and finally got to be accountable right um you know so i would say uh accountability is important they'll say you know empathy is important and but above all empowered to actually be a very customer driven and customer oriented and whatever it takes uh, everyone from an engineer to the vp is empowered to take that action uh whatever it takes to make sure that the customer is getting the right value whether we have to do more spend more it doesn't matter the bottom line top, top line doesn't matter what matters is customer satisfaction to us and so everybody is empowered to do that so those are the, i would say the empowerment for customer satisfaction the empathy and the accountability are the three pillars on which uh, they would say I, i believe we should move forward those are great so let's talk a little bit about not just innovation but maybe this next generation of technology we've got so much emerging right now you know in the software space you've got ai and bi and you know predictive analytics and on 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 kind of a combined area rpa and now we're also seeing robotics take a big role of of literally physical robotics and drones i mean there's so much coming right now in the world of technology that was really empowered by the information ages now we move into this next generation you know how do you see this changing healthcare and and even how are you going to react to so much change going on in, in not just the industry but at a macro level across the globe yeah it's actually a very hard question uh, rasman you know as part of um, our own strategic objectives right uh, i think about it a lot as well it's there's no easy answer so i think in terms of first uh, the healthcare itself and i'm sure there are a lot of people in the audience who who are far more knowledgeable and you know have thought about it a lot more than me uh, i would say you know healthcare is obviously at a stage where you know there's a lot of innovation there's a lot of technology that could change the way we deliver healthcare to our customers like telemedicine is a classic example where the pandemic has forced healthcare to adopt telemedicine there's a ton of tele- technology in telemedicine right there's a little bit of robotics a little bit of video conferencing there's a little bit of remote there's ton of stuff already in that in telemedicine um you know there's other stuff whether it is you know connectivity uh, that allows uh, us to see uh, to gather data and remotely monitor patients Uh, or whether it is robotics uh, you know to all the work that some of the oems are doing manufacturers are doing on building robots for surgery so i would say healthcare is going to massively adopt a lot more technology i was reading some statistics that the number of uh, equipment per bed has risen exponentially and new many manufacturers are coming in to actually provide better and uh, equipment that can help take care of the patient so clearly there's a lot more technology that is coming into healthcare in terms of serving the patient better in terms of managing them remotely uh, in, in terms of actually using data to make better predictive decisions in terms of what they should do from an assembly perspective because our vision is really not just around doing asset and anomaly and doing some sub- simple cybersecurity is really providing that 
broad pane of glass around how do you really manage the device, whether it's inventory, cybersecurity, operational. We got to be on top of these trends. So, you know, for us, you know, as, you know, telemedicine comes about, how does assembly evolve? Like, what do we provide uh, to actually enable that? Uh, and a simple example, right? I mean, we have seen that there's a greater influx of devices to take care of patient. And these devices are all connected. So one of our things we had to do, and we did this, started this many months ago, we said, okay, if you're bringing in a device into the environment, and then you're going to connect it, why don't we assess the risk? And why don't we provide recommendations right up front before you even connect it? So that's an innovation we started like 12 to 8, 14 months ago, because of a trend we were seeing that, you know, more devices are being brought in, more devices are being brought in. And you don't want the CISO to continuously churn and keep uh, connecting it and then chasing the problem, you want to get ahead of the problem. So we started this new thing to help CISOs that you know we can solve the problem right at the source at procurement, and you know we have some you know a great solution around that now. But our ability to see where the market is going and you know con consistently launch innovation to kind of tackle that is important. So we are also trying our best to keep track with this and um, and drive this forward as well. Like I mentioned, interesting. So, so what, in kind of our last question with our time together, Shankar, what excites you most about the next 18, 24, 36 months in healthcare? That's a great question. I think the pandemic has forced, pandemic is, is a terrible thing, what has happened, uh, you know, but it has also forced the health systems to, to rapidly and, you know, adopt technology. And I think they are now down a path. Uh, where they are, you know, what could have taken like 12, 18, 24 months to get there. There are probably many health systems, I, in my opinion, after talking with them, they got there in like nine months, 12 months, they scrambled together. To me, two things have opened up with this. One, the health systems are now, uh, you know, adopted technology, which they have been, would have been very slow to adopt. So, you know, it almost has built some strength in their own, you know, capabilities. It has built some belief in their own capabilities. I mean, to say that, they can actually adopt technology faster and better. And I think they are capable. It's just that this has shown them that they can to deliver something uh, that is uh, of immense value to the patient. Uh, and, you know, as the technology, as techno more technologies are coming out there, uh, I think healthcare, because of the trajectory they have already taken, are going to adopt a lot more uh, to kind of improve, you know, the care that they provide to the patient. And so healthcare is going to go through this massive transformation in the next 12, 18, 24, 36 months, I believe. It's going to be very exciting to see whether it's technology driven or whether it is uh, something on the business side. I think there's going to be a lot of transformation and this pandemic has just accelerated this transformation by some order of magnitude. And I think healthcare institutions will not stop. They'll just continue down this path. And that's what's exciting to me on how healthcare is going to transform with technology, with processes, uh, and with um, the business metrics, uh, that's going to change in the coming time. Well, Shankar, unfortunately, our time together is uh, gone by quickly today. We want to thank you for not only just being on our program, but all you do for our CIOs and our CISOs and our different communities. And just as importantly, all the customers you serve to, to keep them a, a little bit safer, hopefully a lot safer, uh, with all the stuff going on for cybersecurity. Oh, thank you, Russ. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, you know, I enjoyed the discussion. Thank you. Thank you. We'd also like to thank you, our listeners, for joining us for this episode of our Leader to Leader podcast series. As always, 
can join us on our website at chimecentral.org forward slash media or on Apple or Spotify for this and all of our programs. For now, take care, stay home, wear your mask, be safe. And I am so glad I get to say this now. Get your vaccine as soon as possible. God bless and take care.